the guy that's going to basically abandon the relationship after date five because he has to wait till date 15 was going to do that anyway. And it was going to be much more painful for you because it'll be after you had sex and you will be attached to him. Whereas if you haven't had sex yet and he abandons, you're like, oh, okay. Like, but you don't, this is a woman, you're still being selective. This is exactly why I wanted to bring this up. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. We talk about sex and relationships with frankness that is controversial, but mostly in good faith. On today's show, we'll be talking about remaining attracted to your partner after their weight loss, whether a boyfriend has rights to his partner's OnlyFans revenue, how long a man will wait for sex, and more. And Keith, my co-host, is Mike. Hello, Mike. Hello, Keith. I have an idea for maybe next episode. Uh, I've been frustrated by a perception I'm developing that the quality of people on dating apps is dropping for me. And I'm not sure if it's because my, for you. <laughs> well, I'm not sure if it's because my internal score, you know, they, most of these apps, uh, have an internal attractiveness score for the people. So I'm not sure if it's showing me people who are less compelling because they think that I am less compelling or if I'm just imagining it. But in any case, I thought it might be interesting for me to screen share and then we can go through, you know, the first 10 women it shows me and I can explain why I think none of them are eligible bachelorettes. So it's so when you say that you think your score has gone down or you're just complaining generally, what you mean is that the f- photos are less compelling. Uh, just if you had to rank them on like a one to ten of how attractive the women are, or something else. Like, I don't are think, you reading the profiles? Like, what? Yeah, I don't think. I mean, I think attractiveness score is purely based on swipe ratios, and so it's photos and profile composition. Yeah, but yeah, I understand that. But you're saying, okay, so you're saying the photos and profile composition of the women that you're looking at are somewhat less quality than of what 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 you what you experienced say a year ago. I suspect. Okay. Um, does this have any relationship to, I, I think you, um, I think you mentioned that you have gone on dates or a date with somebody that you thought was a, uh, what do you call that? A young earth creationist? I don't know what a young earth creationist is. Somebody who believes the earth was, uh, is only 5,000 years old. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah. Um, is that, is that related, uh, in terms of like basically you viewing some of the people as not being, um, not having views or kind of, uh, scientific, uh, understandings that are up to your level or is that totally unrelated uh, as a part of your, complaint? um, I don't know. I think that, I mean, look, the sample sizes here are not large enough to make generalization. So most of what I'm talking about here is just a perception. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that person, yeah, I mean, I wonder if in times past I would have gone on a date with that person because there would have been other people who were more eligible who were available. So you were able to tell from the chat in the app that this person had some views or uh, knowledge gaps that were problematic for you. uh, Yes, I don't think I knew to this. I don't think I knew to that length, but I think actually, so I was I was talking to somebody about this uh, yesterday, the specific topic, and how do you manage that in a dating context? If if somebody reveals a piece of information that you view, it doesn't have to be the specific one, but just a piece of information or a belief they have that you view as kind of not, you know, that's not something that like reasonable people could disagree about, but something where you just go, look, this is preposterous. Like, how do you deal with that? I, I deal with it extremely poorly. I think I am less tolerant <laughs> of views like this. I mean, we've talked about this offline. If I find out that somebody is strongly religious, it's almost impossible for me to trust anything they say. Like, I feel like if they're wrong about that thing that is demonstrably false, then like, I think most people are able to like be like, okay, well, if they believe in astrology or they believe in religion, I'll, I'll, I'll allow them that one thing. And I can still trust their opinions on other things. But for me, if somebody demonstrates a lack of thoughtfulness on something so important as to why we're here or whether traits are determined by what month you were born, like it's really hard for me to not extend that to basically everything they think. Like I don't trust their opinions on things once they've established that their opinion on something pretty important is so poorly formed. 
So I can say uh, we had a um, a person that was pr- uh, providing lessons to our kids, <clears throat> uh, and he stopped doing that as a, as as a job because he wanted to go become a professional astrologer. Um, what and does I, that I even have a little mean? bit. I know. So um, I, I want to try to not be too pejorative here about it, but I think it it basically <laughs> means kind of like an amateur psychologist, if I'm being honest about it. Like, uh-huh. so there are people, there are people. I think mostly women who this person talks to and charges a fee and he will provide them insights. And, but ultimately, honestly, I think it's just like counseling and therapy. You know what I mean? Like it's not, it's, it's sort of guided by this stuff. And I think he, ultimately, I think he just makes more money doing it. And so it's something that I could respect that way. But what my, the way that I dealt with this situation, because there was some element of needing to say goodbye and, uh, he had told us what he was going to do was basically just to not bring it up. Um, so it was uncomfortable, right? I didn't, I didn't want to say, Hey, you know, uh, good luck with that or whatever. How do you, how do you actually, so you're saying you deal with it badly. How do you actually practically speaking, do it badly? Do you start arguing with them? Do you tell them they're stupid? Do you belittle them or do you just ghost them effectively during the day? Like I'm actually, I think this is an interesting question for listeners. Like what, yeah, somebody reveals something that is just not something that's like a political view or something, but something that's just like. Yeah. disqualifying in a very fundamental way where it's like, whoa, like this is strange. I mean, okay, let's take astrology because this comes up on yeah. some large number of dates. And okay. it's, it's frustrating. I, apparently, so I'm a Virgo and apparently I demonstrate traits that Virgos often demonstrate. And Which so are those? I don't know. I, I, don't know what, <laughs> I don't know what the traits of Virgos are because- I Isn't it a str- woman? I mean, it's it's a virgin, right? I'm just I don't you know, from yeah, the Latin. I think so. There's some okay. constellation of a virgin or something. Well, just Virgo sounds like virgin, and I yeah. think it is a virgin woman. Okay, so you're you maybe have the traits of a man who's never had sex, which sounds possible. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the traits are, but people frequently guess. People frequently guess <laughs> that I'm a Virgo, and okay. then they do they guess without knowing? Yes, that's this interesting. Happens. I don't Are there 12 zodiac signs? 13? It doesn't matter. Go on. It wouldn't happen very often by random chance, and it's happened. I, I think that's right. I think it's like per month or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, and so like I'm often faced with this thing of I'm irritated that they've revealed that they believe in astrology and well, they've just okay, successfully yeah. and they've just successfully guessed my zodiac sign blinded. And so that creates this sort of situation where they think that they've just been justified in their you know worldview yeah and that's rough i'm i mean i have like a little spiel about astrology i will give it now like they've done blinded studies where they ask professional astrologers to guess what sign people are they're no they're they're reliably no better than random chance and when astrologists are asked behind closed doors you know some will admit that it's completely fake it is fake. This isn't a subject of debate. And it like upsets me how many people try and act like it's this silly, silly little thing. But it makes you wonder, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. It's fucking fake. So and when you when you give that spiel to somebody- Hold on. I'm not done. Okay, I'm on. not done. Okay, let's hear it. Yeah. What's interesting about astrology is something like what's interesting about magicians. When I see okay. like a magic trick where someone guesses my card- or make something disappear, or cuts it in half, I don't think, oh my God, I've just witnessed a miracle. I think, how are they tricking my brain into believing this? And so it is with astrology. What's interesting about astrology is that they've successfully gaslit a generation of young women into thinking it's compelling. They've somehow figured out a way to write horoscopes that people care about, believe are at least a little bit real. That's interesting. I want to know how they do it. Like this guy that was teaching your kids that is now going to this school, do they do the whole thing under this false pretense that it's real? Or is it like magician school where they're like, okay, now we're going to teach you the tricks of like how to make astrology seem real to idiots. Like I'm, I'm sort of curious about that. Um, well, you but, could find that out by trying to do it, I guess. But I think, and there, there is a no, podcast, um, there's a podcast, it's like called, uh, I want to say like Ross and Carrie or something. They go and they, um, it's a pretty, it's, it's entertaining. Uh, it, it gets repetitive, but it's a podcast where they go and they basically join various cults and they go and do these things to see what happens. And I don't think the typical, I think the typically the people do believe that it works. It's not, in other words, they're not, they don't take you into some back room and say, 
ha ha ha, this is all fake, except when you're going to be a magician, then of course everybody knows it's fake, right? I mean, if right. you're doing card tricks, like there's no question, right. but for these more kind of culty religious, pseudo religious or quasi religious things, I don't think that happens. They just are more, uh, inclined to be people who would believe in something and they, yeah, and there's enough there that like it can sustain some kind of a belief. Um, so what, how, what react, what reaction do you get generally when you give this yeah. spiel? The reaction is awful, right? Like, okay. What am I even trying to do? Like best case, I've made them feel terrible about this like core part of their epistemology and their worldview. Okay. And more likely they think that I'm just sort of closed minded, that I don't understand. I've just ranted at them for however long it takes me to recite that spiel. It took about three minutes. wasn't that yeah. bad. It did look like your, your eyes were moving as if you were reading while yeah, you were saying I, it, which was Yeah, I have it written down here because I've pasted oh, it. Oh, you were reading people. it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So you actually pulled up your rant. And, yeah, and well, it, it comes up, you know, in co- online dating conversations. Too. When you're, wait, oh, when, but when you're in person, do you actually say, hold on, get out your phone and then read the rant? No. Or do you no, have it I memorized? Can, no, I can do that spiel okay. unrehearsed. You've got that one. Okay. Um, and they, so they're, so you, you, I assume you're willing to do this thing that is a bad move. Let's say if the woman was really, really attractive, would you modify or modulate well, what you say or so would you still do th- this? This is the thing, Mike. Okay. I would love to write a dating profile where I said, like, look, this is where I went to school. This is what I do with my time. You know, I'm a serious compulsive exerciser. I, you know, read 25 plus books a year. You know, my IQ is this. And, you know, I consume an insane amount of podcasts. I read about current events. I I think about moral philosophy. And I would love to find a partner who shares these interests. Okay. Well, you didn't include jacking off, which is a very serious, concerted interest of yours. Okay. It is. Yeah. I have a, yeah. I have a very strong curiosity in all matters sex. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, I don't have, like, as a man, I don't have the luxury of being able to build these, like, careful filters selecting for the, you know, ideal woman. Like, a woman can say that on their profile. They can say these insane things on their profile, and men will still interested in them. And so for me, I'm not sure what I should do when somebody says they believe in astrology. I, I think I should just chill out, recognize that this is a thing that like, in my experience, way more than half of women believe in some non-zero way. And mm-hmm. I need to come to grips with that and not let it trigger me because yeah, like ranting about something is unattractive. Now, the counter argument no. might be something like, well, this person is not long-term compelling to you in any circumstance, right. so you should just move on. But I don't have this line of women beating down my door, and so you kind of do. Well, you have a I do compare. Well, I do compare to the average person for sure. Okay, but it's a, yeah, yeah. Like okay. I don't go on a date like every single night, and you know I would like to maintain some sort of st- <laughs> standards of physical attractiveness, and so yeah, I don't. Right. I don't actually know what like the right strategy here is. Yeah, I mean, it seems like, but I can understand how it's kind of tickling a nerve and makes it very difficult not to uh, kind of go after them. Now, to your yeah, point about the when somebody says to your point about the, the the profiles getting worse, is this an element? That was sort of my original oh. question: Is this an element of that? Like, are you? Is it this, or do you just think like, "Hey, I'm getting women that have slightly smaller boobs in my profiles, or or, or slightly less uh, attractive faces, etc." I think that the whatever the way that these apps generate attractiveness score, I think is generally fairly accurate. And okay. so it's a number of things. It might be slightly smaller boobs, might be slightly higher belief in astrology or whatever the things may be. Okay. And you've just noticed and you th- so you're worried probably that that means that you have started getting more left swipes. Yeah, maybe. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah, we should. But anyway, I want to uh, I want to litigate this with you. And yeah. we can do this maybe on our next episode. I'll figure out a way to yeah. sh- screen share from my phone. Yeah, because it's going to come down to like how the, the attra- attractiveness of the specific people and, and yes. some sort of uh, second opinion on that. Yes. Um, I think it'll be interesting. Uh, do you have anything else? I had something about porn that I wanted to bring up. Oh, man. I have a bunch of better topics, but why don't you go ahead? Yeah. So um, I was talking with a friend of the show about this that... Uh, um, yeah, I mean, it basically gets back to this uh, disservice that I think is done to men generally by thinking that women uh, constantly are having orgasms from PIV without any sort of clitoral stimulation. Mm-hmm. And um, 
essentially, this goes to like the really, I mean, it's most evident in VR porn right now because there's so little of it being produced and it has all these tropes, these standard porn tropes in it where the woman is simulating, uh, it's not realistic. And I think that this feeds back into culture that men don't understand what actually is pleasurable and not pleasurable to a woman. Um, and whereas I think that mainstream porn has sort of made it past this a little bit with the, uh, more amateur porn. Um, but generally I, I like, I think that, uh, I, th I think that it's, it's one of these topics where I feel like I'm way at one edge of the bell curve in terms of the beliefs. Um, I know I am, uh, in being suspicious or skeptical of the, of women having orgasms through PIV sex. And I think the reason I'm way at that end of the bell curve is because of this weird sort of porno, uh, female faking orgasm complex, uh, that's out there. And I'm curious, you're, you're, does, does, am I elucidating my thoughts well enough for you to have an opinion on that? You're wondering if women... <laughs> I mean, what's, what's the concern that there's unfair expectations on men? Or I that think that, that, that essentially there's, it's actually not, it's the concern is that there's this vicious cycle that's take, that takes place where essentially, um, the mechanics of female pleasure are being taught effectively taught to people because porn amounts to sex education for people. They're being taught yes. to people wrong in a way that men, like even this person I was talking to. I mean, I was taking my sort of hard position of like, I think that it's, there are certain situations where a PIV orgasm I think is believable for a woman, but I think it's sort of rare and difficult to achieve. And in many cases, it's indicative as listeners to the show know, this is my opinion, many cases it's indicative either of a woman who's not really entirely sure if she orgasmed or what an orgasm is or uh, faking. Um, and, uh, and I just think like this person was like, no, 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 like I, I, I don't agree. And I think that that's like this very broad cultural norm. I think you believe this too. Like, you, like, like, so basically I'm in some ways like attacking you. Like, I think that like, there's this like vicious cycle that's happened with porn women and men's psychology where like everybody believes there's this thing going on and it actually isn't. And the thing that I'm talking about is a man in the missionary position doing PIV sex with a woman. The woman is not touching her clit at all. She's just lying there and yeah. she reaches an orgasm. Like that is unusual in my <sighs> possibly, possibly very unusual. I think there might be okay for men. An orgasm is very binary; it yes. happens or it doesn't. And I think women have something that is directly analogous to that, which is Agreed. a clitoral orgasm. So yes. usually, well, for the sake of this conversation, let's say always happens when the clitoris receives direct stimulation, um, either across or along and takes a while to build toward, and then they have this orgasm and then they too refract, although I think a little bit quicker than men. And sure. Yeah. So women are often like very sensitive after that and need to pause briefly, but can re-engage into most sexual acts shortly after. And the refractory dichotomy makes sense to me as well because the man has a prostate gland that has, has spewed out its fluid. They're like various, there's actually like a physical reason why it would make sense for a man to refract. Like, I mean, uh, on a very simplistic scale, you could imagine the prostate, this isn't right, but you could imagine the prostate needing to sort of refill metaphorically. Sure. Whereas the woman hasn't experienced that. So there are like, there are uh, anatomical differences there. Okay. I have been thinking increasingly of late that there might be a second thing that women have that many mistake for an orgasm and doesn't have a direct analogy to a male experience. And this is, we've talked about this a, a bit on previous recent episodes, but this notion of an internal orgasm where they're riding waves and can have many, six, seven, eight over the course of a you know, 10 or 15 minute sexual encounter. And I, I want to understand more about that from a woman who claims to experience both, but this internal orgasm thing and the sort of confusion or I don't, I don't know what it is. Women reporting having PIV quote unquote orgasms could be whatever that thing is. And I don't know exactly what it is, or if I believe it's a thing, or if I think they're just confused, or 
whether it maybe it is some non-analogous thing and it's hard for me to even conceptualize i don't i'm 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 still forming a full opinion there yeah that i think i agree with i agree with that perspective i mean i, I would of course caution you or point out that there are many men online who claim to achieve a somewhat similar state through anal receptive anal penetration so so yeah. and I, I would say this i'm skeptical i am skeptical of the notion that there is some physiological response in women that just has like no analog in men uh, in this regard. Um, of course, there are, I mean, pregnancy and birth, childbirth, I mean, there are things that have no analog. So I'm, I'm aware that that's a thing. But I think for these sorts of pleasure-induced things, I think it's somewhat unlikely. Because, why don't you, because you'd have to ask. Well, go ahead. Why don't you experiment with pegging yourself? That's true. We should flip a coin. Uh, a loaded <laughs> coin to determine who would do the experiment because I think that you could you could do such an experiment. Um, I I like mostly that what I've con what I believe is that there are mental states that are attainable. I mean, you can even achieve like kind of a euphoric mental state by hyperventilating and then like holding your breath. They're, they're like teenagers that do this right, and they like sometimes one of them will die because they're like yeah, you know actors. making themselves pass out. What do they call it? Actors too, right? Haven't there been some famous autoerotic oh, okay, yeah. asphyxiation? Oh no, I'm not talking about beating off. I'm talking about just people who like. There's this thing where people like hyperventilate, and then and then someone holds their throat closed or something, and they pass out. There's some game that like teenagers oh, play. Yeah, um, and nothing to do with sex. But the point is, you get this sort of. They do. Why do they do it? It's like why do people use those whippet things, or whatever that have nitrous oxide? Because you get like a euphoric sensation. Yeah, you're depriving the brain of oxygen or something. So I believe that there is there's you know the, it's it's definitely not the case that an orgasm is the only route to euphoria. Uh, that's obvious. So I completely believe that there could be some other state that's available. Um, yeah, I mean, right? I mean, the debate, I guess, is, it comes down to just whether it's an orgasm. Um, but yeah, like I, I think that uh, while, yeah, I just think that like there's this uh, misrepresentation that creates this vicious cycle that I, I find increasingly irritating. There should be a word for that other thing if it is another thing. Sure. I mean, if people are enjoying it, it's just, I mean, you know, you wind up with the guy who's I just feel bad for the woman who's just got a boyfriend or a husband who just is like pumping in and out of her going, did you come yet? Right. Like completely misunderstanding. I mean, and oh, and there's another thing I want to say, which is that and this would be actually an interesting um, kind of a um, question one could ask. It's a good question, actually, that could be asked to sort of like differentiate. I, I have to think, I think when we had the guest on a couple of weeks ago, I did ask this one a bit. Um, the, I, I strongly suspect that women will have some equivalent of blue balls. Some people will call it blue walls. <laughs> if they do not have a, what they're calling a clitoral orgasm somewhere in the session, meaning that like, yeah, and that's because you're not really having an orgasm. So like that would be another way it's not very nice is that like the woman might be uncomfortable after sex kind of reliably because she's not actually having an orgasm. Right. In yeah. The same I mean, way is there some would. swath of women out there who have never had a quote unquote real orgasm that are always sort of uncomfortable after sex? I'm positive that that's true. I'm positive of it. I'm positive that it's substantially higher than people think. It's like the set of women who, yeah, they attain various euphoric kind of states of pleasure, but actually never have the physiological orgasm response during right. sex. And again, this comes back to like people misunderstanding what uh, what works and what doesn't, how right. the bodies work. Um, do we? I know you had other patter, but like we also talked about talking about this. Uh, we discussed discussing uh, Reddit wanting to get rid of porn. Yeah. What was the What was the news on that? Well, Imager. Imager, however your preferred pronunciation is, which is a image hosting service, maybe the most popular one on the internet. I'm not sure. Okay. Got rid of porn this week or last week. And there's still um, porn on Imager. I, I know there is because I post it to my subreddit. Uh, um, I also consume it. I mean, don't you consume it regularly, Keith? Yeah, I'm not sure. So Imager is banning porn and purging old anonymous uploads. Oh, they maybe haven't. The gotten service to says the it'll be removing yet. nudity, pornography, and sexually explicit content. Uh, so I don't know if it's coming or if it's already happened or whatever it is. What, and what I'm you, not even sure if the they rationale? announced. I'm not sure, but advertising. Uh, I guess I'm guessing it's either advertising pressure, advertiser pressure, or pressure from their payment processor. And then you told me that you had read or seen somewhere that there's some discussion of reddit actually banning yeah, nsfw content some, 
there's some speculation that Reddit might follow suit. Um, so what's the deal with that? It's the same, like just advertiser pressure. I suspect that dealing with pornography is a huge hassle for these services. So first of all, okay. there's child porn and yeah. dealing with child porn is tricky. I, I know there are some services that like you have a database of a bunch of child pornography images, which of course would be like illegal to even look at. So they like hash the images. So nobody has to even like look at them. And then you can hash all the photos that are uploaded to your site and compare them to the hashes of this pornography, a child pornography database. Sure. But I mean, that's a lot of work. Um, and then, you know, what do you do when you find one? Do you report it to the police? Do you just not allow the upload? You know, what, what, what do you do? Um, and so there's there's issues with that. And then there's takedown stuff. So, you know, people post like revenge porn of, you know, their ex-girlfriend that they're mad at. And so I think there's a bunch of issues around it that make people uncomfortable. I think advertisers get upset when their ads show up next to explicit images. And anyway, there's sort of like myriad issues that that come from hosting this kind of content. But I mean, there's also lots of traffic that comes from hosting this kind of content. Well, I mean, my a first pass thing to notice is that you do have the OnlyFans cohort of people who want to be paid for porn. But, you know, so so they in some ways might be aligned with this kind of decision. But I think that's not actually true because they would uh, want to, they need an advertising vehicle. They need something that's free that people can consume to then bring them over to their pay site. And that's, an, that's a need. And so ultimately, I mean, between now Let's say let's say that Reddit were to ban porn mm-hmm. or NSFW content between that moment and the moment in the hopefully not too distant future when uh, large language models and these uh, image models are able to basically generate porn on demand for us. So you can just ask for a porn with you know two Russian soldiers raping yeah. someone or something. I mean, you can just ask for whatever you want, and so people get right. all these crazy things. And of course, nobody would be involved. There's nobody being hurt. Um, uh, what 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 do you think will be the solution between now and that? moment when the porn generators emerge. I suspect there will be a series of services that mushroom up, probably hosted outside of the United States, maybe with shady payment processors. I don't know. I'm not I'm not sure if the issue is advertisers or payment processing or some combination of both. Well payment some, processing is, thing. payment processing would be any uh, OnlyFans, right? I mean they're really the ones taking the money. And those yeah. guys appear to be, I, I assume they're domiciled outside the U.S. I assume the U.S. is the big problem here. I'm not sure. OnlyFans itself doesn't have some of the issues that allowing people to upload pictures in the public domain have. I mean, they could, but because their volume of uploaded photos is probably several orders of magnitude lower than Reddit or Imager, the, the problem is shaped a little bit differently. Well, you also have Pornhub, right? I mean, they have to, and I, I believe they're in Canada. They have to have, although I, that could be wrong. I, I, I know that when they hire people, they hire them from like Montreal just because I've seen their job postings before. Okay. Uh, but that, uh, they, you know, they're obviously cons- taking uh, uploaded content and doing some kind of the thing you described with the- Yeah, the, I'm sure anytime images. anything gets uploaded to Pornhub, there's some automatic moderation process. And if you're a new user, maybe there's some manual moderation process. I don't, I'm not sure. So maybe you'll just have a company like Pornhub launch some Reddit NSFW equivalent. Uh, and since they have the wherewithal to manage these kinds of processes, they will, and presumably it's a profitable business for them. They'll just expand yeah. to cover this territory. Yeah. I'm not sure what kind of advertisers these sites could court. I'm not sure what pornographic content, people who are looking at pornographic content, I'm not sure what kind of traffic quality. Well, I mean, I know directly from going to Pornhub on my phone, any listener can do this, uh, penis enlargement creams. Um, yeah. It extends like some drug you take, but it's not a drug. It's like a non-pharmaceutical that yeah, supposedly makes sex better. In your neighborhood. Yes. Yeah. There's like a series right. of advertisers and presumably they make money. I mean, that you know, they're generating revenue. So, okay. So yeah, this is yeah. a thing people can, can potentially worry about that they're, and I, I think it's an interesting thing because at least I would guess more than Fifty percent of men in America consume porn on Reddit or something. It's some really large fraction. I don't so. know if they explicitly consume it on Reddit, but as a as as some Reddit derivative, yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. Using I mean, it I think Reddit, as a directory. Reddit is at the backbone of 
worldwide porn now, whether they yeah. are trying to be or not. I think that's right. And so their decision there, I mean, I know that some people use Twitter, but I mean, this trick of this question of how do you find things that match your tastes, yeah. we often discuss Reddit on this podcast and that's why. Reddit's not great, if I'm being honest. What What is your complaint? Just they don't surface good content? It's overrun by yeah. OnlyFans? There's too many. There's too many subreddits. There's too much garbage. There's too much repetition. The upvote mechanic is not quite what I would want it to be. I, I need to think about it a bit. But I do spend yeah. a lot of time during my masturbation sessions hunting for good content. Yeah, yeah. It seems like there should be something that curates it for you. <laughs> like what, Mike? Yeah. Oh, uh, my subreddit, uh, curated amateur porn, which people can oh. check out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. That's, that came up really naturally. It did. <laughs> no, um, I wasn't specifically angling at that, but yeah, we should probably move on. Yeah. All right. I teased some things in the, in the, uh, intro that I suppose we should get to here. Um, this one is fairly, well, it, it, it was the reverse of what we normally hear. How do you deal with a drop in attraction after a partner's weight loss? My wife has always been chubby. I think she's the most beautiful woman on the planet. Her body mm. was always crazy attractive to me. With COVID, she gained some weight and she was finally fed up and started losing the weight. <laughs> the first time I read this and he said fed up, I thought he was talking about she was eating too much. Right. Anyway. She's never been truly happy with her own body, so I'm happy she's found comfort in her own body now. She's more confident in herself, not just her body, and that makes me absolutely elated for her. But after she lost her COVID weight, she lost more and more, and now she's officially thin and fit. Objectively, she's absolutely stunning. I've been doing nothing but supporting her journey, and I'm happy how comfortable and happy she is. Her confidence is addicting. It's great. But I've been having trouble being attracted to her. I've never liked girls with her current body type, but she's my wife. She's beautiful no matter what. Ugh, barf. I've kept my mouth shut and remained positive and supportive, but the only, but the other day during sex, I couldn't get it up again. I miss her soft <laughs> belly. I miss her thighs. I miss her hips. I miss how soft and sexy she was. I miss huh. the curves. I miss her rounder face. I don't ever want to say anything like this to her. Yeah, that's a good, good call. Like many women, she struggled with physical and body insecurity her whole life. I don't want to contribute to that at all, but she's no longer believing my lies when I say I'm tired, stressed from work, etc. I've been struggling for forming uh, PIV and I've been mostly just giving her oral. I've never had any trouble getting it up before and was high libido, so it's noticeable. I need to start being honest with her, I think, but I also think I need to work on my own physical response and attraction to her. I love her. She's the light of my life and amazing partner of my person. Yeah, As we've yeah. aged, nothing about her body changes have bothered me or lessened my attraction to her except this. It makes me feel horrible. What can I do to make sure I communicate about this in a way that minimizes her hurt feelings and make sure I put the blame on myself. And what can I do to rewire my brain and enjoy her body as much as she currently is enjoying her body? Put the blame on myself. I like that. Yeah. That's a nice turn of phrase. Yeah. How can I blame myself? Uh, okay. Yeah. I mean, have, have you experienced this with a partner? I don't think so. Hmm. I don't think I've you, experienced this in either direction. I've, I've dated right. somebody for five years, but she was the same throughout. Yeah, dated. I've had a couple three-year relationships, and it's the same there. So I haven't had to. Do you? I mean, do you? Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. Everyone faces this, right? Like people age, and rarely does that do good things to their physical attractiveness. Sure, but this is more. This is more particular than that, in the sense that it is. this is a guy who's attracted to. <clears throat> I guess he's uh, what you would call a chubby chaser. Yeah, I think so. Uh, are you a chubby chaser? Uh, more so than you, for sure. Okay. And so what's the allure? They appear to be more fecund, more fertile. Okay. So you, so you, when he said the thing about the chubby thighs and the rounder face, you, that turned you <laughs> on a little bit? It did, uh, probably. I, I didn't like much of the language he used here. His sort of adoration for his wife was actually a bit of a turnoff. Um, because you don't like that level of intimacy. I do like intimacy, but hearing about others' intimacy sort of makes me feel weird. It, or I don't trust it. I feel like he's, yeah, I'm not sure I trust what he's saying. Although he did could seem you genuine. See your, could you see yourself, and let's say you were not talking to others, let's say you were writing in your diary. Could you see yourself yeah. expressing sentiments like this? 
no, because I would feel embarrassed. Like this kind of language sort of embarrasses me. Okay. Yeah, I don't say, but she's why, but she's my wife. She's beautiful. No matter what, that just feels delusional and not rational. Like it's great if there's something in your brain that makes you forever and only attracted to just your wife. But I don't think that's, I think he's not being honest. There is no such thing in men's brains. I can assure you that's not, that's not the way men are wired. Uh, and, and if, and to the extent that you were attracted to someone in that way, you really actually are attracted to their personality and things like that. It's not going to be there. Yeah, men. Uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's like the, no, I seriously, I think that's like the core of the issue is that while a man can, I think, remain attracted to somebody from like in the sort of friendship capacity or like their, their personality, like the physical attractiveness really is not, um, that's not how that works for men. Uh, so, so I think the thing that makes it hard to take is that he's taking something that I think is mostly an emotional attachment and implying that it's physical for men, which I don't think is true. And so it, it comes off as sort of fake for me. Like it doesn't, I it feels produced. Agree. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, I can see this though, like this physical, I, I mean the, the, well, I mean, the first thing I wondered is whether she has like loose skin or something. And so then that's like unappealing. Yeah. I so he didn't say thought, that, but yeah. I don't know um, what he should do. I don't know what people should do generally when they become less attracted to their partners. Yeah, I mean, I think that's an issue. I think the I think the canonical advice is you have to spice up the bedroom or some bullshit. It's what would like, you what would what would you do? Get a sex swing? I don't know what they do. Yeah, maybe they would, you know try to change up the routine or you know for men they always say like, you know, do the dishes and you know make her feel like you care and you know notice the small stuff. I don't I don't know. I don't know like but that's not going to make him get an erection better. No. Doing the sorry. Dishes. That that would be the reverse issue here where the wife is not attracted to her to her partner. Yeah, I don't know what people should do when their sort of physical attraction fades. Like how do you fix that? Therapy? I, yeah, it's no, that's not going to help. I don't think stop masturbating I, so that you're like more horny like what do you do and like that doesn't That's seem not a bad sustainable uh <laughs> no it's a fair point i think that i mean uh, honestly i think that this does come up a lot but i think it comes up the opposite direction so i think that he i think the way this comes up much more is that the man's wife gains weight or yes. vice versa or the woman's husband gains weight yes and so then you have this pretty yeah, that, per- that is the trajectory most people take is gaining yeah weight, so then you have this pretty pronounced it. issue of of uh of somebody who's significantly less attractive and in a way that's well it's just it, it, I, there's not that much you can do to sort of to sort of deal with it uh i don't yeah i'm not sure i mean honestly like i think probably she should gain some of the weight back like if i'm being totally honest like you should probably just they should talk about it and may, like maybe she looks unhealthy like some you know some people look healthier with a little more weight on them so it could be that yeah i mean the first response is this woman talking about going from 247 pounds down to 125. Yeah. Uh, and she goes on. I thought it was great that he could pick me up and he did not. I loved have I loved having to get cosmetic filler to puff my cheeks up, Botox to fill in my wrinkles. He felt he was seeing someone different than the chubby cutie pie he married. He missed that chick that loved eating cookies and trying new restaurants. It wasn't all that keen on the woman that got up at 6 a.m. to get in a quick 5k before the kids got up and made everyone try kale. The chubby, the, the the chubbing her cheeks with the the things that involved medications were kind of odd. Yeah, let's set that aside for a moment. But yeah, okay. she finishes like it turns out that 145 is a comfortable weight for me to maintain. After all, I did it for me. I am able to be more flexible with treats and snacks. But look, she's yeah. going to have some like cognitive dissonance here. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I think she put on the weight for her partner. Well, I mean, I think there is, there is this, I, I, I've, uh, you and I both have, uh, <clears throat> like do various dieting things to keep our weights down. And so we have a lot of familiarity yeah. with this topic. I mean, you do yeah. it, I guess we both do it for exercise. You do it for like really serious running stuff. And that makes sense. And I, I would say I do it more for like broad health stuff, but like, I, yeah, I just generally want to be, it also makes it so you can run better. Yeah. Um, and, uh, there's, but there's definitely a thing where like once your BMI is below say what normal BMI is between 18 and 25. And I realize BMI is an extremely crude uh, measure that you can complain about. Um, but once your BMI is say like 23, you can definitely, you know, you could go to 20 or 19 or something, but it's like, there can be a debate about that. And particularly for a woman, for a man, like you might look, actually, it's an interesting question. I don't know what looks the best on a man, but I suspect 
on a man, the best is like 20. Yeah. And like the, there's a number below which you start to look emaciated. And for a woman, it's probably the best is like 23 or something. And I've definitely had this kind of conversation with my wife where like, she's like, not that she, I'm getting too thin, but it's like, yeah, like there's a point where I could actually I'm diminishing. There's diminishing returns. Yeah. I have this experience with my running because the faster I get, the skinnier the women at the same pace are. And mm-hmm. I am now fast enough that I wish I was a little bit slower, at least for people watching during my races. People, meaning that you're racing with women that you find unattractive because they're too yeah. thin. Yeah, that's right. Is that actually true? Because the the reason I ask is because the, um, I guess this is just preference. Like if I watch the, uh, I could I could masturbate to like a long distance of like a college age, long distance, like let's say the 5,000 meters where the women are running around the track again and again, I could beat off to that. I find it pretty attractive. And they're obviously going to be, they're much faster than anybody you're running with just because they're division one athletes. They're very fast women. I think Um, you would have to, hmm, how could you test this? Yeah. You would have to look at the Olympic field versus like a college field. And a college field, I think would have like 2% higher body fat. And then you'd have to say whether you like the Olympic field or the college field. And Interesting I bet, because the, I bet you would prefer the college field. I'll take a note to do that. I, uh, it's, of course, of course, you know, when you, there's also, you get know, diverse but, sort of ethnicities and so forth. So it gets hard to like, uh, know who's attractive and who's not. It, it just depends on your preferences. Yeah, everything else. Being Although equal, to be yeah. honest, I have to be honest that like, I don't, when, uh, if I'm watching the 5,000 meters Olympic or college, I don't really it, like the ethnicities fade away. They're like so fit that I find them all attractive. I have to say, actually, huh. like it starts, it starts to like ev- evaporate that stuff. I'm just like, wow, like these are very, very fit women. And like, if they're, I just don't care what country they're from so much. I wonder, I, if, I think that's typically right. I wonder if there's some sort of, in order to be an elite runner, I wonder if you need to be able to keep some body fat in certain places that's better than non-elite runners. I don't know. Oh, I see. You, you think that, you think it could be like a bimodal distribution where like the women running could a little be. bit slower than you are hot and the ones running. So you're in some sort of like uh, uncanny valley. Unhappy yeah. Media. Yeah. Unhappy valley yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. I don't know what this guy should do about his partner's weight loss. Tell her he's- to gain weight, I think. Uh, my my suspicion would be that if she got her BMI up like two points, he would be more attractive. It's 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 that that she's like skeletal. skeletal. That's my guess because that does happen. That's a thing. Both men and women can do this where they they really get their weight down and it's a little unnerving, and particularly right. on a woman. I could see that and yeah, yeah. I just I just feel like any conversation with a woman about her body weight and your preferences are, is going to go is is very fraught. It's a minefield for sure. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, This person says, I told my boyfriend I wanted to start an OnlyFans. I jokingly told my boyfriend that I wanted to start an OnlyFans to make extra money on the side. And he proceeded to say that he needs to take 50% of my profits, even if he is not participating in all videos. Overall, Mm. he said he would have to be my manager of my OnlyFans. And if not, we can't be together anymore. I was joking. I have no plans or interest to start an OnlyFans. Yeah, right. But I thought his response was interesting. Any thoughts? Sounds like a pimp to me. I like it. <laughs> Does a I do, partner I like have any reasonable right to OnlyFans revenue from well, is he in, his I, girlfriend? I, I, it's unclear from this whether he's in the videos or not. That matters. Well, this whole thing is hypothetical, but she clarifies even if he is not participating in all videos. So, so if, let, let's, if let's I were, stipulate that he's not in anything. Let me just say one sentence about if he were in the videos. I think the right ratio to use in that case would be something like the scale that's used in porn, where I believe that the man gets something like 10% the money the woman does. Someone can yeah. correct if that's wrong. It's yeah, And I think that would be the right ratio. So for every $9 on the order of she gets, he gets $1, something like that. And I think that would be fair. Like I, I, it would Saying he should get 50-50 is preposterous. Obviously, what about, people are- What about his- mental health right so he might feel uncomfortable with her sharing herself with the world and think some amount of financial compensation can help him get over that i mean i don't think that's a very i mean i don't want to be too traditionalist here but that's not a very masculine uh, approach to things <laughs> that i think i mean uh, even within a, in a world of women's lib i think that that's that's rough for the guy to basically be saying 
and you need to compensate me financially. If I were him, uh, I would definitely, okay, I, 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 I can see two things here. One is the guy just saying, look, I'm not okay with this. And I respect that if a guy thinks that. If a guy decides he might be okay with it, I think that the thing he should angle for 100% is like lots of MFF action. Hmm. He should, yeah, he should be going for threesomes and like he should try to turn the situation into his advantage. Yeah, I see. Yeah, well, I mean, he's like the benefit. He look, you can take all the money, but I want like some other girl's boobies in my face and like her sucking my cock and stuff like that. Yeah, then that seems fair. Like I'm getting compensated and I don't need any of the money. Okay, but that's just deferring the compensation or displacing the compensation. That's right. But I mean, it's, it's, uh, uh, okay. So I, okay. So your question basically boils down to like, should a guy have any say or be able to complain or ask for anything when a woman, his his girlfriend wants to do or wife wants to do OnlyFans? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. I mean, how would you feel you're 24, you're dating a 22 year old and she's like, I want to start an OnlyFans. I would directly go for the threesome angle. I would, it wouldn't bother me at all. And I'd be like, let's give me some now, now that, uh, let me say one other thing. Definitely. I would never like, it would exclude her from like marriage material or whatever. I mean, you can't, she was really entrepreneurial and was making, it doesn't matter. I see. Yeah, no, I think that's like, this is one of, and and this is a thing that I've seen in my sad addiction to TikTok, which is, I only use it maybe. 20 minutes a day tops, but, uh, but it's still an addiction. Uh, this is a thing I've seen videos about repeatedly, which is women talking about how, when they do porn or only fans or whatever, that it basically follows them their whole life. And it's true. Or so much, you know, they only have like five or 10 years of data on this. I mean, right. these things haven't been around that long, but I mean, so far it's followed them their whole lives. Uh, and I think this is right. There is a social norm there where, uh, everybody's going to know everybody's going to know, and this is said often in these TikToks, that you've done porn. They're all going to see it. And I think that then, yeah, like I don't think I would be that happy to go. I mean, I'd have to think about the notion of like going to my kid's school with our kids, with my wife, and then everybody's seen her fucking. I'd have to think about that. I'm not like, maybe I'd be okay with it. It would depend on, but I think where we are right now in society, that that's an aggressive choice. Like 30 years from now, maybe every woman will have done that. Right, and then it'll just be normal. But right now, I think that's a thing that you'd have to realize you're going to have to contend with. Yeah, I think I don't mind philosophically if a partner is doing OnlyFans, but there could be some pretty annoying negative consequences down the line. Yeah, there's like some social shame that you're that it's going to rub off on you as her partner. Right, and 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 the thing, and then you could ask like that that sort of social shame might have a um. What I want to say M- might have a, a rational basis. I, I haven't given this much thought. It's like, why does society even shame people for this? Um, I, I'd have to, I could on the fly come up with reasons. So, so the point is, there might actually be a rational reason, but even just the fact that you'd have to endure social shame is enough for a person to give it some thought. Whether, right. it's, whether or not the social shame is rational or not, yeah, doesn't necessarily matter. Yeah. Uh, so the guy is enduring something here, but, but if I were, if I were dating, like if you're 24 and dating a 22 year old and she's doing this and you're just dating, yeah, I mean, actually it'd be kind of cool. It's like, oh yeah, then I dated this girl who had an OnlyFans and brought in this much money. Like that would, I mean, eventually I it's going to destroy your relationship, but. You know. Yeah. I would be really conceptually interested in dating somebody who wanted to run an OnlyFans and then let me do the content marketing. I think it would be really interesting to try different strategies and. Huh. So you'd be interested in the business angle. You w- You actually would like to be a pimp. I guess so. Yeah. Huh. That's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, I don't think I would be interested in, I don't think I'd be interested in being her pimp because then, yeah, I, have you thought this through? I mean, I think you'd have to, you would be constant, you'd be constantly, you'd be constantly dealing with the leering men, right? I know. And this is the thing is you'd be, like you'd in be the comments responding. Yeah. It'd just be annoying. I mean, just all these guys like beating off to your, and of course the truth is that many, many of the women that you've dated have had guys like beat off to them. Yeah. while you were dating them or whatever. So it's, this is a thing, but it's just like, it's nice to have that layer of indirection where you don't right. see it directly. Right. Yeah. So I think there is something that he would want to, I think that in all age groups, there's something, there's some amount of compensation that the guy would probably want. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, if I'm explicitly running the business side, I think I could make a claim to some percentage. I don't know what it would be. Depends okay. how successful it is. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, that makes sense. Like how much an agent is worth. All right. Anyway, 
Um, this person wonders, are guys usually willing to wait a few weeks or months before having sex in a new relationship? So we've tackled this before, but here we go again. I'm someone who takes a while to feel comfortable having sex with a new person. With my last ex, we waited a few months before having sex for the first time, but he was a virgin, so he was quite patient with it. I'm worried that other men won't be like this, but I also don't want to feel forced into having sex when I'm not ready. Any advice? Uh, I wanted to bring this up because... I don't think you can do much harm by making a man wait. I mean, you could do harm to yourself, which is if you really want to have sex and you're like denying yourself sex, you can wait too long. And yeah, like every time you don't have sex, you're not having sex. And that would be kind of lame. But other than that, I think men are likely to be more interested until they've had sex with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I was actually thinking about this. So I was, I had to go, I was thinking about a person that I did not have sex with like 20 years ago, as, as I do sometimes. Uh-huh. And, uh, but I almost did. Okay. And the reason I didn't is because she was dating somebody else and she uh, oh. was, you know, she, his penis had gone in her recently. And so she uh, was not open to uh, having sex with anybody else. And then the person that she was dating, like, turned out to like have a terrible like addiction to a drug and like blah, blah, blah. And they broke up. So it was not a very good relationship for her. Uh-huh. And I was thinking to myself how this, th- this cultural norm where women basically have to decide, okay, here's the, here's what I want us to describe. Women basically have say two or three dates, a very limited amount of time to decide whether they want to have sex with a guy. Once they have sex with the guy, and you can, I think this is, this sort of comes from what things you've said to me, my understanding of this. Once the woman has sex with a guy, something changes in her brain where she is now much less critical of the question of whether this guy is a reasonable partner for her. Like she's, she moves from being selective to having selected and therefore right. like it, it, it flips the, it flips the bit like, uh, or like reverses the polarity. So now you have to persuade her that he's not a good guy for her. Whereas before it was the opposite. Persuade persuade. That she was. Right. right. So, so she goes over some kind of a mountain, like a potential well or something. And the problem is that given that women have to make this decision so quickly uh, in modern society, I think that does them a really big disservice because uh, given the way this, I think, works in their brains, they just wind up making random decisions and repeatedly getting with partners that are just terrible that they've they've selected and now they're kind of stuck emotionally with the person because their brain does this trick to them. I think this mostly comes from you. What 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 are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, huh. Yeah, I think that is observationally what I notice is it's just <laughs> well I, it's a little tricky. I find that most people are interested in having sex with me and I don't really push that envelope quickly in a in a dating process. Okay. But certainly after you've had sex with someone, after I've had sex with somebody, they seem just way more generally interested. You don't have the sort of texting games and it's like now you're in a relationship. Yeah effectively if not explicitly right and so something's changed in their mentality and so for you're saying for you you pass their filters you you think that if even if you were in a cultural a situation where the cultural norm was to wait like i think you described maybe in eastern europe this is the cultural norm still to maybe date do 10 dates or something before yes. you have sex yeah. you think that you would get filtered in in those situations okay so you're like a, a good candidate or at least someone they perceive as a good candidate although maybe after 10 dates they find something out about you where they maybe. wouldn't. So maybe you're a bad Give candidate. Them my astrology rant. Right. But uh, I think you see the logic here, which is that if if we were in a culture that had where women had 10 dates, they would be able to be more rational, make better choices. <clears throat> and I agree with you that I don't think there's really a downside for women. I actually think that women are making... I, okay. I think the reason women do this is because of supply and demand. Uh, there, it is simply the case that if a woman decided, so there is a downside. If a woman decided to make men wait 10 dates or 15 dates to have sex, the men would just basically go off and have sex with someone else. That being said, I think, right. This is the thing. I think that I still think like, this is what I would tell my daughter is I, and I'm sure she would ignore me, but I still think that's (laughs) the right strategy, not because I'm a prude at all, but because I think that the guy that's going to basically abandon the relationship after date five, because he has to wait till date 15 
was going to do that anyway. And it was going to be much more painful for you because it'll be after you had sex and you will be attached to him. Whereas if you haven't had sex yet and he abandons, you're like, oh, okay. Like, but you don't, this is a woman, you're still being selective. This is exactly why I wanted to bring this up. There may be. So first of all, point one, I don't think many men would get to like, say date four and then not be willing to make it to date eight because you're refusing to have sex with them. I think of anything you might be slightly increasing their desire to have sex with you because they're if being they're denied a reasonable it. partner. If they're a reasonable partner, there are men who would be unreasonable partners and that you actually would select them out. And I think that right. the woman could even this is the other thing I think is the woman could even be explicit about it and say to the guy, "Hey, I don't have sex before date n." Yep. n sort of a large number, and there are a bunch of guys who would just churn out. I don't think there actually are guys who would say, "Okay, uh, I'm going to play the game to the end." And then ghost you. I'm going to go on 15 dates, then ghost you after we've had sex three times. Uh, because that's just because I just think that the vast majority of people just don't have the ability to like the stick to itiveness yes. to do that. Like they just like they, it, I agree. it would take like three months. It would be kind of right. expensive and they'd be like, no. Right. And so the, so so actually, I think there isn't much risk of being scammed. And yeah, but but women don't do this. And your your take on that is what? Well, I think if well, first of all, like why? Well, some women enjoy sex, Mike. And so they don't want to wait either. Agreed. But I think that they, I think, okay. Agreed. <laughs> however, agree that women enjoy sex. It's not, I'm not disagreeing there at all. I think that, yeah. it's not just some, I think that, I think that most women enjoy sex actually. Um, I think it's, I think it's sort of, well, I think men enjoy it more, but I don't think it's by a huge amount. I think it's by a moderate amount. Okay. That way. Um, but I think that women, uh, I think it's supply and demand. I think it's that they are they are afraid that they will they have something in their head that they will basically churn out high quality guys and they don't want to be rejected. It's fear of rejection because then they'd have to have this conversation where they say, "Well, I like to have sex on date 15 or I like to wait 3 months." Mm-hmm. And like they're terrified of the guy being like, "Oh, looking kind of sad and then not calling them back." And that's so embarrassing or harm or, or painful for them that they don't they would rather so, so you see what I'm saying? I'm, I don't think they're having sex. Like while women enjoy sex, I don't think that's why they're having sex on date three. I think they're doing it because of the fear of that rejection. They're not like, oh, this is going to be the best sex ever. They know that sex on date 15 would be better. And in fact, is better if they have sex on dates three through 15. 15 is going to be the good sex date or whatever the number is. Yeah. I think, yeah. Okay. I, I agree with that somewhat. I think also like a woman could easily have a friends with benefits on the side that she just actually sleeps with during these first 15 dates. Like it, it shouldn't be hard for a woman to find someone like that. It's just I don't that, think that I don't, they don't, I don't want to sleep with that one. They want to sleep with the guy, the new guy that they have a crush on. Right. And they wouldn't Right, that. It's not that, fungible. That, Sex isn't fungible for them. In other words, exactly. That misunderstands the need that would be filled there. Right. Like yeah. the, the, the need is more that they want to be in a stable relationship with somebody. And so mm-hmm. getting, yeah, I mean, just, it would, they could just masturbate a bunch too. They'd be fine with that. Right. Um, Also, I think we're being a little bit dramatic here by saying 15 dates. I think eight would be plenty too. I think the question would be, and this is an interesting question, like this is something, it would actually be really interesting for a set of attractive women to test this Mm -hmm. uh, because you could, you could just run an experiment. Um, There is some number of dates that is like optimal that will churn out uh, the dudes that are just players. Right. And it's more than three. Okay, fine. Maybe it's not 15. I don't know. And you might be right. It might just be eight. It probably it might also be the time over which the dates happens. So making it, making the yeah. guy wait two yeah, months yeah, yeah. or something. Yeah. But there's some point at which guys are just going to churn out and, and move on to the next girl because they'll just be like, and that's, I, I, I basically think that women actually don't want to date guys like that. They don't want to have sex with guys like that. Actually. Like if you gave them a free choice, say, Hey, do you ever want to have sex with a guy who ghosts you? Or who, or who, uh, you know, is going to not pursue the relationship after you have sex three times. I think almost in almost all cases, the one would be like, no, I, I don't. Right. And then I would rather not have had sex with them in the first place. I agree. Oh, oh, that's actually that's actually a good way of looking at it. If you took men and women, let's say men and women who each had twenty sexual encounters, and you said to both of them, how many of the sexual encounters would you erase from? If you could go back, like uh, back to the future, and erase them, how many would you erase? I think the men would erase around zero, and the women would erase all around one hundred percent. A lot of huh. them. For me, it's definitely zero. 
Yeah, the way it's not, around one hundred percent is too dramatic, but it would be more than fifty percent for the women. I bet they'd be huh. like, yeah, they they would go through and be like, yeah, I would erase a bunch of these. That's a good point. We should ask a woman next time. <laughs> we can cajole one into coming onto the show. Mm-hmm. That's a good place to wrap. That'll do it for this episode of Your Mileage May Vary. Uh, you can email us for feedback or for questions at ymmvpod at gmail.com. If you send us feedback, we will send you 10 whole dollars. Uh, let us know how you want us to pay you, PayPal or Venmo or what's the other one, Cash App. Um, and if you do ask us a question, let us know if you don't want us to answer it on air. Otherwise, we will assume you do. We thank you for your time, and we look forward to catch you next week on Your Mileage May Vary. And the tennis court was covered up with some tent-like thing. And you asked me to dance, but I said dancing is a dangerous game. Oh, I thought this is gonna be one of those things. Now I know I'm never gonna love again. I've got some tricks up my sleeve Takes one to no one You're a cowboy like me Never one in love, just a fancy car Now I'm waiting by the phone Like I'm sitting in an airport bar You had some tricks up your sleeve takes one to no one you're a cowboy like me perched in the dark telling all the rich folks anything they want to hear like it would be